The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Jesus said to the disciples, You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder. And whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, You fool, you'll be liable to the hell of fire. So, when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him. Or your, an- your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the gar- judge to the guard and you will be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, Whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the grounds of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard it. You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. The gospel of the Lord. You may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. familiar with the uh, game Simon Says? Yeah? Just as a review, we are going to play it. If I say Simon Says, you do the action that Simon Says. If I do not say the word Simon Says, don't move a muscle. Alright? If you do move a muscle, yep, that's part of the game. That's part of the game. If you do move a muscle, then, I don't know, you have a point against it. We're all going to keep playing it. All right. 
Simon says, touch your nose. Very good. Simon says, touch your ear. Good. Simon says, wave to a friend. Stop waving. Oh, very good. <laughs> Simon says, look at your wrist like you're checking a clock. Simon says, look at the palm of your hand. Now look at the palm of your other hand. Oh, I saw a couple. I saw a couple. Simon says, stand on your feet. Simon says, touch your toes. Now reach up high. Oh, oh, oh. Now Simon says, reach up high. Now Simon says, touch the ceiling. Hey, Simon says, touch the ceiling. <laughs> Simon says, no, you can't touch it, can you? <laughs> Simon says, dunk a basketball. Can anybody do that? Yeah, I can. I'm a basketball. <laughs> All right. I'll take your word for it. Simon says, grow six feet tall. I'm going to hold you to that. I thought I would too. I'm five ten and a half and not growing at all. <laughs> Simon says, be the fastest person on the earth. Wait, what's happening? You guys aren't doing the things. You're close, but you're still not there. All right, everybody sit down. Simon says, sit down. Simon says, sit down. Now the game is over. <laughs> Simon says the game is over. All right. Simon says. So, when I told you to do the easy things, like Simon says, touch your nose and touch your ear, those were easy, right? Why didn't you touch the ceiling? Because you can't. It's too tall. Hmm. But if you could, you just go through the wall, which is kind of the ceiling. All right. Why didn't you become six feet tall instantly? Why didn't you? Why did you become the fastest person in the world? However, did any of us try? Me. Yes. 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 Phineas, you did the right thing. You tried. You cannot do what Simon says if you don't try to do it. Now the, the nose and the ears, those were easy things. Becoming the fastest person in the world, those are hard things. If you're upside down, yeah, okay. Thank you. Sometimes, Simon says to do hard things, but we still try. Sometimes God says to do very, very difficult things. Does God love you when you mess up? Yes. Does God want you to try? Yes. Yes. God wants you to try. Like, halfways try? What kind of try? Your best effort try. The best you got. Now, I've seen you guys. You guys can do some really cool things when you give it your best effort, can't you? Yeah. I've seen some really good coloring. I've, seen, I've heard some great bell playing. I've seen some awesome things that you've done for your friends. I've seen some great fundraising. I've seen some good basketball games, or not basketball, baseball games. I've seen some good times of just being around. You guys are good. 
when you give us your best shot. Today, God tells us that whatever you do, whatever you say, whatever you have in your heart, and whatever you promise to the people who are closest to you, do those things to the best of your possible ability. Now, have you ever said something and not been able to do it? I promise I'm going to be there on time. And then you're late. Do your best. Can everybody sit right here? Thank you. Do your best to make whatever you say happen. Do your best to whatever you promise those who are closest to you. Who are some of the people that are closest to you right now? Well, more than physical space, who are some of those people that you love the most? Your family? Your friends? When you promise those people something, do your best to keep those promises. I'm glad. And whatever you have in your heart, the things that you think about without saying them, the things that you imagine without telling anybody about it, whatever's up here, make sure that is good too. Are those hard? That gets harder to do the older you get. But I want you to try your best. Simon says, God says, try your best. All right? All right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who Simon is. I bet someone does. But that's for another day. Should we pray? God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for loving us no matter how good or how bad we are. We give you thanks for unconditional love. And also, we give you thanks that you call us into service. You call us to do things for those we love, for those around us. Help us to do our best, our absolute best. When we fail, forgive us. When we need help, strengthen us. And be with us always. In your name we pray. Amen. In the name of Jesus, amen. Today's text is a part of a larger chunk of the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount happens for several chapters in Matthew. We began it by talking about the Beatitudes, the Blessed Bees, one of which we have up here on our church facade, I guess. I don't know, whatever that is. The ring around the altar. <laughs> Next week, we, or the following week, we talked about that push that God has for us. This week, we have a list of things that are very, very specific. A list of things that God calls us to in no unflinching terms. A list of things that, quite honestly, I imagine that as I read them, you thought of more than one thing that you have not done in accordance with these. And beyond that, these aren't things that, God, that Jesus seems to appear to say, well, if you aren't capable, that's all right. No. 
All of a sudden, this kind and generous and benevolent God is talking about hell and fire and cutting off your arm and tearing out your eye. This is not a relaxed position towards what we should be doing when it comes to the matters of our heart, when it comes to the matters of those who are closest to us, when it comes to the matters of our lips, our words. So what do you think? What do you think of the list? How you doing? If we were in school on the grading curve, if you got half, you're failing. If you get three quarters of it, you've got a solid C. If you get 85% of it, you're right around a B. If you miss one out of 10, and there's not 10 there, I don't think. If you only miss one out of 10, you're at an A. I don't know about you, but I've failed most of these. How does the text make you feel? Helpless. Worthless. Anything else? Despair. Guilty. Unworthy. I heard unsomething. It makes me mad. Like, why is Jesus coming at me this hard? Right? Like, Jesus already knows the cross is on the horizon. Why is Jesus coming at me with hell and tearing off my arm and gouging out my eye? Why is Jesus coming at me with all of this stuff if in a few years Jesus is going to die on the cross and then we're all saved by grace anyways? Why is Jesus hitting us so hard? This doesn't make any sense. And by the way, if you read through the Gospel of Matthew, this isn't something that Jesus backs off of. This isn't something that later on in the Gospel... Jesus is going to walk away from, in fact, the text that we have next week, and we're going to talk about it today, and we're going to talk about it next week. This text leads into the end of chapter 5, where the final culminating verse is, Be perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect. Be perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect. And so just in case you thought there was wiggle room there at all, no. No, there is not. How many of you have ever tried for, for, for perfection before? It doesn't have to be in these things, in anything. Yeah. Can I ask what in? Grades in school, right? Yeah. Do as well as you possibly can. What else? Work. Work. Yes. That's always my big one. Video game. Video game. Yeah. It could be the small things, right? Or the big things. Yeah. 
Sports? Yep, I remember that. I remember that so well. Every time I would race the clock, I'd be happy for a moment that I was able to beat my own personal time, and then I would think about every other second that I could have chopped off. I would think about every other second that I could have... It, it's hard to explain, but for almost every race that I ran, I could remember each step, each moment, each thing that I thought throughout the race, because I knew if there was a breath in there that I took wrong, I could do that better the next time. Every time I turned a corner, and in track, that's all the time, every time I moved a muscle, I paid attention. I tried for perfection. In my work, I do the same thing. I could do a lot of things well throughout the day, but then there's that one time that my tongue slips when I'm reading the gospel. There's that one time that I don't say quite the thing I wanted to say in a conversation with someone. There's that time that I didn't do quite the standard of work that I like to do. That's the only thing that I think about for the rest of the day because I think and I believe in my weakest of times that if I hone in on that, maybe I can fix it. I think we understand that it's okay to try for perfection. Does that always go well? I see laughter. I see heads shaking. No. It's not bad to go for perfection, but sometimes it overwhelms, right? If I go home at the end of the day and I walk in and my spouse is trying to talk with me, and the only thing I'm thinking about is the things that I screwed up that day. All of a sudden, my intense perfection for my job is overwhelming any type of good thing that I can bring into the relationship that I have. One overwhelms the other, and now I have done two things wrong. Perfection is good, or the attempt towards perfection is good, but it can also be overwhelming and damaging to the other aspects of our lives. So I think we understand the plane, right? We understand the vastness of what this text can bring up. We understand a call to be to, to pursuing the things that are listed here, the matters of our heart, the matters of our mouths, the matters of our promises and bonds with those who are closest to us. We understand that that seeking perfection is not a bad thing. And we also understand that balance and perfection is a good thing. And yet, when we look back at the text again, there's Jesus coming at us just as hard as we've seen before. There's no wiggle room for balance and there's no wiggle room for allowance of, well, you messed up this time. It is absolute. So what do we do? Well, I think we, one, find ourselves in front of the cross, as we always do, and two, bring up nuances of how this text is experienced in everyday life. Let's start with two. 
Since this text is a part of our lectionary, I bring this up every time that I preach this text, and I'll continue to try to do my best and bring this up every time the text comes in front of us. This text has been used, especially in the context of divorce, in very, very bad ways in the past. This text does not, this text does not tell us that if you are in an abusive relationship, if you are in a relationship that hurts you, that you have to stay there. That is not what the text says. That is not what God is saying. That is not what Jesus is preaching. If you are in a relationship where you're being hurt emotionally or spiritually or physically, this text is not telling you to stay. That's not what that's not what's happening. This text has been used in bad ways in the past, and it behooves us to recognize that Jesus, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, do not call us into places where the bonds that we share with someone else are not being respected. First and foremost. Also, Jesus is not wrong when Jesus calls us to perfection in these things. You see, Jesus is talking to his disciples who will eventually become apostles, people who live and breathe in the world and who are meant to be as Christ would be, standing in for the person of Christ and the communities in which they will live and the people in which they will serve. As such, I think Jesus is saying that when you take up the discipleship of Christ, when you take up the mantle of being an apostle in this world, when you claim to be a Christian at the very least, it is not good for you then to look at someone and have greed and lust in your heart because your heart will always control your hands whether it's done overtly that second or days and weeks and months later. It is not good for you to promise with your lips and your whole being and the assembly of God and before God fidelity to someone and then to dishonor that. And it is not good for you in the smallest of things and the biggest of things to make your yes and your no interchangeable. And that goes all the way from whether you're going to be on time or not to whether you promise love and faithfulness. As Jesus talks to us about what's in our hearts and how we respect the hearts of those who are closest to us, God leaves very, very little wiggle room. And rightfully so. We push and push and push because these things are important. And yet, we are always people of the cross. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And for his sake, God forgives our sins entirely. While we were yet sinners. When Simon said, touch the ceiling, we couldn't do it. And yet, Simon loved us anyways.
Now, if I'm reading the room correctly, and maybe I'm not, but this feels heavy. This feels like a burden. This feels like not the grace that we're used to here in the Lutheran church. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of responsibility to hold all at once. But then again, when you're standing in, when you're standing as the body of Christ, you hold a lot of responsibility and you hold a lot of work. That second lesson that we read today about the milk and the solid food is kind of like that. I always like to think of rehab. Physical rehab. Imagine getting a knee replaced. The first movements that you make aren't with a whole lot of weight like you, might, like you want to be one day. It's just moving the knee at all. It's just a little bit of movement. Eventually, you get okay at that. And they put on additional weight. And then a little bit more weight and a little bit more to the point where all of a sudden you can function and work like your body is supposed to function and work. Which takes a while. But you start small and you work your way up. If you look at this text and you hear so much responsibility that it overwhelms you, start. Just start. Just try, right? You might not be the fastest person in the world, but moving your feet helps. Try. If you look at this text and it seems very familiar and you find yourself in the mess of it, add a little bit more weight and keep doing that. As Lutherans, it's hard to hear beyond the grace that we receive. We simply want to dwell there before the cross, always and eternally hearing God forgive us and always and eternally hearing God love us. I'm here to tell you that the pursuit of perfection in this life, to seek to do the best that you can, does not take you away from that voice. But rather, it solidifies it in a way that you've never known before. In all that you say, in all of your promises, and in the matters of your heart, seek perfection. Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. I pray God will give us grace and perseverance in all of this. God be with you. And may we find the yoke easy and light. Amen.